0: This podcast is produced by Sunnydale Studios. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today and pay my respects to their elders past and present.
1: I'm there to seduce
0: myself. So it's not uncommon that in a
1: lap dance I get really wet. I'm very horny. I hate poo. I hate <laughs> it. Like it terrifies me. I went down on him. And I kid you not, it felt like I was
0: licking a fucking toilet bowl. That is so unladylike. Welcome back to another episode of So Unladylike. My DMs are still recovering from the overload of messages responding to last week's episode. So I promise no more sex talk. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) As if. Yeah, right. Today's guest is an empowering, authentic woman who also happens to be a stripper, a mum and a body casting artist. This episode we will share Tamara's most unladylike moment and if any of our guests can beat Robbie and Katie's from episode one, I, I'm putting it out here now, I will legit give them $100. That's out there. It's out there now. If you can beat Robbie and Katie's from episode one, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and have a listen because it is insane. We will discuss our vulvas, their diversity, beauty, and the shame and embarrassment we carry around the appearance of our own, working as a mum and a stripper, and answer all your juicy listener questions, and add a worthy addition to Ness's Burn Book. But first, let's welcome the amazing Mm tomorrow. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on. We were just saying um, off air that um, the last podcast we did was on the Journey to Worthy podcast. Yeah. And um, it was over Zoom because it was during Mm. lockdowns Mm. and... Covid fun yeah, times, things, um, and it's just so nice to see you in person. Yeah, so great, so
1: fun to be here in the studio and to be able to do this. IRL, uh, IRL. Uh,
0: <laughs> FYI, um, and FYI for those who are listening, not watching this YouTube video. Um Tamara's wearing a bluey top, mm-hmm. and I Whacky love do. it. Yes, because I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Lady Light Moms. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first we need your so unladylike moment this is one of my favorite parts (laughs) oh my god it's so unladylike we've had some doozies from season one and then Mm -hmm. obviously Robbie and Katie's last week which I I did hear that one it was snarly
1: very intense (laughs) I got some mixed
0: responses to it um and that's okay Mm -hmm. everyone's opinion is valid and welcome (laughs) um but uh yeah what's yours what is your so unladylike moment
1: okay so in When I was working in the club one night, uh, in the strip club, it's not uncommon because when I'm in that space, like I go in there to seduce myself. I'm not there to seduce the man or woman standing in front of me. I'm there to seduce myself. So it's not uncommon that in a lap dance I get really wet. Really? Yes. Juicy, I know. And this one particular day – I was at the very end of my bleed and I wear a cup. And so I was like, yep, yep, she's in. It's all G. And anyway, I'm having a dance and I could feel something like juicy, in between my legs, and i was like, oh, okay, you know, if it was, if it was just me getting wet, usually I just like, you know, rub it into my thigh, or something. <laughs> a bit of moisturiser, yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, a yeah, little bit of moisturiser there, just to stop it from like dangling out, and then, uh it does, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a little string of the it, string, the string. Had I describe to whack it as to the um, side.
0: it's whack it to the yeah, side. I describe in. it as like egg white. Yeah, that's yeah, very much that's what it's it.
1: Yeah, like. yeah, and uh yeah, so I just continued my dance, kept going, and then there was more of it, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? Look down at my thighs, and I kid you not, I had smeared blood all over the inside oh. of my thighs. Luckily, the guy hadn't noticed, and the the lap room was pretty quiet at this point, and I fucking panicked. Cause I'm like, all I've got to put on is a tiny little lingerie, like tiny yeah. little piece of lingerie. So it's not like I can even cover <laughs> it up to run it. to the bathroom. So I did this most awkward run to the bathroom, like trying to like not be scene. yeah. It was just super awkward. So I was oh, like, never my God. again. And
0: what had happened? Had yeah. your cup overflowed? Not in oh, the good way
1: of fill your cup.
0: Not that's not what we mean, no, guys. No, not
1: a, not a good way to fill your cup. No, I think I just hadn't like suctioned it in properly. Oh, okay. So it's just a little bit of leakage. Yeah, um, yeah, that I wasn't expecting. And I was like, oh, I'm just very, you know, turning myself on a lot today. And I, I was am like, so no, wet. No, that's not that's that's not egg white. It's still
0: coming. Yeah, what's going on? I'm very horny. Yeah. Um.
1: So that was embarrassing.
0: Wow. Wow. It's imba- I wonder. I wonder what his reaction would have been, though. Mm, I wonder if there are people that have actual kinks for that. They Probably, definitely would. One hundred percent. There's kinks for everything. Yeah. Some of the stuff that I've heard about, I'm just like, what the? Yeah. Like the um OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Let's talk about unladylike moments. I have a friend who had um a shit video request. <laughs>
1: Um, that just reminds me of the two girls in one cu- two girls one cup video. That was out like twenty years
0: ago. Do you remember? Did that? Do I not know this? I don't. Oh, know this. girl,
1: two girls one cup. No. So one of them shits in a cup, and then they like, oh, how does it go? I'm pretty sure they like eat it what? and then spit it back into the cup, and then they just continue to like eat it and spit it back into the cup. And, well, and, and someone likes that. This was, I remember this like going around when I was like in high school. So it would have been like 20 years ago, 15, 20
0: years ago. And yeah, that was like the grossest thing at oh, that point. My God. Like, okay. So no kink shaming and all, but I hate poo. I hate <laughs> it. Like it terrifies me. I've got, a, I've got gastro anxiety. Yeah. Like if I hear that someone's had gastro, i might put a mask on and stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> I do not want gastro. Um. I just fear poo germs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, no. It wouldn't work for me. Like seeing on porn how they go from ass to mouth, that I'm
1: just like, yeah, no, about go wash it. it. Go shower. Just take it. it. No, yeah. not about it. My partner goes down to me. I'm like, can
0: you just go like wash your face? <laughs> yeah. Do you know? My husband and I, we have a shower. I know it takes a spontaneity away from it, but we wash our bits out of respect for each other beforehand. Yeah. Um, or he'll send me a text from downstairs, wash up. <laughs> And he doesn't mean that. wash your hands for dinner. I feel that.
1: It's like, you know, you don't want that tangy taste, you know. Right? Oh, one time, this is a pretty gnarly, gnarly story. So I was, a, a while ago, I was dating this really gorgeous man, like absolute like Greek god. Um, and Was it Jason
0: Momoa? He's not Greek, no, mind No,
1: but like looks similar to him, mm. like that kind, of, those kind of vibes. Um, and first time we had sex, um, I went down on him. And I kid you not, it felt like I was licking a fucking toilet bowl. Like you know, just like I'm like, mate, do you not pull, like the smell? I, just um, I feel sick. The taste, the smell, everything. It was like that's rude, rude, it's disrespectful. Yeah. I was like, you just went from a ten to a two, mate. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> you know that
0: thing, um, that um, trend at the moment. She's a ten, but you yes. could do. He's a ten, but he has dick cheese. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, ma- yeah. It's just, it's nasty. just respect for me because it's like, you know, like if you've taken shit today, it doesn't matter if you've wiped your ass or not. If I'm gonna be. Licking in your balls it's near your ass clean and it, I, want, I want it to be clean <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm a bit of a germaphobe so I like my yeah. genitals clean yeah cleansed yes. um but yeah this this shit video like he sent her step-by-step instructions and she was showing me the videos and I was just like I I don't understand mm-hmm. and that's okay I mm-hmm. don't have to understand women are earning money yeah. from shit videos and good for them you have to go every day anyway yes. right
1: might as well film it why not money earn from money?
0: It? <laughs> All right, well let's so great. Let's talk about what you do um, as a body casting artist, mm, which I love. Yes. So a lot of people, and I know for me as well, when I first think of body casting, I just think pregnant bellies, mm, pregnant yeah. bellies, and the bust, you know, the torso. But I love that you do um, casting of vulvas. Yes, that's amazing. And why do you feel like it's so important to <laughs> remove the stigma around our bits? Well, uh, so.
1: When I started casting, it was really just a DIY project okay. for myself. It was something that, you know, I um, I had a lot of trauma from my birth with my son. I had an emergency mm. caesarean. So there was a lot of internal dialogue that, like, my body's broken. I can't do the thing that I was designed to do. And, um, and growing up, there was a lot of shame around what my vulva looks like. You know, mm. I've got very voluptuous uh, inner labia and... Mm-hmm. You know, when I compared myself to my close circle of friends when we were 10 and we would like have Mm. showers and baths together, I would notice like, okay, mine looks a little bit different to theirs. And there was no one in my life that ever said to me, it's normal. Everyone looks different. All I had to compare myself to were uh, my friends who like – a very small circle. Uh, yeah, of, a very, yeah. very small pool of comparison. And then like my Barbie dolls. Well, they don't even have. They don't there's just flat. I have no there's labia. There's nothing there. There's <laughs> nothing there. So yeah. there was, um, I remember this one time um, I was probably nine and I was in class and I must have had like a hole in my underwear or something. Um, and I was sitting down, you know, when you're that age, you don't really care. You just sit down, cross your legs and skirt. Yeah. Whatever. And this boy across the room um, looked over and because a bit of my, like, my underwear were ripped and a bit of my labia was poking out. And this boy across the room pointed and goes, oh, my God, look, you have a ball sack. And that has stuck with me since that age of, like, holy shit, this is, like, what if other men think that –
0: I look like I've got a ballsack. I look like I've got a ball sack, like a ball sack
1: yeah. or is there something wrong with me or, you know, all of these stories. And I never had anyone to say to me, hey, no, it's okay. It's actually fine. Like this is what normal
0: people look like. And he's nine and, and uneducated. He's, yes, he's and, a fucking nine-year-old
1: boy. Yeah, he sees a
0: bit of skin and thinks, oh, look, she's got a ballsack too. Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't and, understand. Um, it just like hit me with so much shame and I held mm. that throughout my whole early, like late teens, early adult life beginning my uh, sexual exploration never let a man see me with the lights on like don't yeah. look down there like yeah we can have sex with like candles and like dim lighting but like if you're gonna go down there it needs to be pitch black I don't yeah. want you to see me I don't want you to look at it yeah. and I barely ever even looked at it I couldn't really I wouldn't have recognized my own vulva and I find that actually a lot with a lot of women nowadays that I work with is like it's, it's interesting when, when I ask them if I have like a lineup of vulvas, could you actually identify which one is your own? And I don't know. I feel like a lot of women wouldn't be able to.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. Because be something that I've, I've spoken about on here before is that I have always taught my girls from a really young age, go and wash your hands. Here's a mirror. Go and squat over this mirror. Move things around, get to know your body. Yeah, um, great. It's your body. You need to know what your um, vagina and vulva looks like, mm. look for changes, yeah. um, and know that it's normal. Mm-hmm. And I've got two adult children now, and they're very aware if something has changed, mm-hmm. whether it's the color or the mm-hmm. feeling of it or yeah. something like that. And they'll come to me straight away. And, you know, I remember the first time one of them came to me and said, It's itching. And then after I itch it, it burns. I'm like, Baby, got thrush welcome welcome <laughs> welcome to the club. Then, this ain't the first or the last time you're gonna have <laughs> yes. this so what I want you to do is go to the chemist You, know, oh, I'm so embarrassed No, I said walk up there and you say I need some canastin six day you know don't be embarrassed yeah. it's literally an antifungal cream that people put on their feet like it's not shameful it's not embarrassing Mm -hmm. um my middle daughter for example showed me a present that she got for her 21st which was a vibrator pack Mm -hmm. and she'd look mom look what I got like there's no shame in that and I think for people listening to your story birth trauma would there's going to be so many women resonating with that because it is something that we believe from the books and the movies that it's supposed to go a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, um, we feel shame if it doesn't go the way we want it to or things, Mm -hmm. trauma happens to our body yeah, and, um, our vulvas and vaginas look different afterwards and feel different afterwards. And that needs to be talked about. And that is normal and not shameful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, I was always looking at, I was watching porn from quite a young age and, um, all the vulvas were the same. Yeah,
1: that's the other thing and as well.
0: The bum holes were bleached and yeah. um, you know, I just was like they're all hairless and they're all yeah, tiny little slit, this tiny little dot. Yeah, but like, mine does not look like that. Mine doesn't look <laughs> like that, and my my asshole ain't pink. What's going on? What's wrong with me? Um, and even my um labia were a different color. Yeah, you know, I'm quite dark-haired, dark um, haired, yeah. dark dark eyed, so I have darker patches of, on my skin. Yeah, and um, it just yeah, I remember being would have been fourteen. Mm-hmm. No, I would have been fifteen, and I shaved it all off. Yeah. And my partner at the time walked in and laughed. And that's something, you know, your ball sack, that was my moment too, that it's funny looking. Yeah. It's, you know, I can't show this to anybody. It's not okay. It's not right. Then I started working at a strip club. Mm Mm-hmm and the um, female dancers were so open with their bodies and they would literally sit there in front of the mirror, um, you know, some would put glitter on it, you know, rubbing cream into it, getting it all shiny and beautiful and I got to see so many different vulvas mm. and I was like, holy crap, mm. like that was a lot of a bigger pool to yeah. be comparing <laughs> yeah. to than, you yeah. know, 10-year-old friends and Barbie dolls in the bath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the trauma at, during birth aspect is really Mm. It was a really big one, and something that's going to resonate with so many.
1: Yeah, and that's really what thrust me onto the path of doing this because I was like, I I recognized a real disconnect with my body mm. that um after my birth I became really disconnected with my womb with my bleed there was like a dissociation of like um I was holding mm. resentment towards my body yeah. and I knew that I wanted to rebuild that relationship and come back into a space of really loving and honoring my body Mm -hmm. for what she did accomplish.
0: Mm.
1: And, um, yeah, and that started with a vulva cast. It's like, I want to be able to gaze at her and, Mm. you know, really just honor her. And, um, yeah, so DIY project for vulva cast and and then it kind of just went from there.
0: Wow. And now you've got your own studio. Yes. Got a studio space. Um, So can, can anybody come and get their vulva? casting done yes yeah. so
1: um i've had trans women come and have their vulva cast um I've what a had, beautiful experience yeah, for a trans woman so a real gorgeous. circle
0: back to i'm having my vulva casting i've got mm. a vulva like what yeah. an amazing moment yeah
1: it was so because i've it was the first vulva of a trans woman that I'd ever seen so it was really interesting for me to look at it and go wow actually like the finished product you couldn't really you couldn't tell the difference at not? all between uh um you know a person, a, a that person was born, born with a vulva a, with and vulva one and one that was created yeah I looked wow. at the two and I was like oh like you can kind of like if you look closely you can see where there's like scar marks and stuff but I yeah. wouldn't go oh that's a yeah. that's a constructed one and that's not like wow. it wasn't that obvious. Yeah. So it's really powerful to see that. Um, and she was really open with showing me and telling me like the story of how it all happened. And yeah, that was one of my, fir- one of the first vulvas I ever got to cast. Oh,
0: how awesome. So
1: yeah, that was really special.
0: Oh, well, yeah. we're going to move on now. I know that um, our listener questions, there's quite a few around. Um, yeah, great. The vulva casting, great. which is great. Um, but I want to move on to um, stripping. Yeah, great. and how it started for you, mm-hmm. being, being a mum, how it works mm-hmm. with a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um, so I am now as a very recently officially retired. So yes, yeah, so stepped Ooh. away from
0: that.
1: <laughs> 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 I just now I'm putting more focus in my casting business yeah. and my coaching business, and it's served its purpose for me tremendously. Um, so it's just been it's time for me to step away now, but I have loved every single minute of the industry and working there and um so yeah I started so I became a single mum when my son was four months old and uh I'd stepped away from a couple of businesses that I'd owned with my ex and was really just I was I was at a phase where my values were really shifting from I want to be this business superwoman mm-hmm. to I want to spend all day every day with my child yes and I had to really you know strategize it's like okay well how can I support us to still live a really great life Mm -hmm. and not struggle financially Um, what's going to be something that's going to support us in doing that Um, when I first separated from my Son's dad, I I did step into business coaching for a little while, and then just got to a point in my life where I was like, I'm just repeating the same old habits of just making myself so busy and actually so unavailable. Like while yeah. my son gets to be with me all day because technically I'm running my own business, I'm like, you know, giving him toys to keep him occupied while I'm trying so to work on my work. laptop yeah. or putting a movie on so that I can do a call or do a podcast or do a take a coaching client. Um, and so it was just like. It, it wasn't feeling like the way that I wanted it to feel. Yeah, And then COVID hit and then um, I decided to step away from coaching for a little while and just take some time to just be in yeah. my life because I hadn't done that for a really long time ever. Um, so just cleared my calendar, cleared everything that was obligatory, moved to Byron, shaved my head um, and then through that phase was like, okay, well, I need to make some income now. Um, I'm not ready to step back into the coaching world at this point. Um, I want to just do something that's going to be really explorative mm. and expansive for me right now. And, um, yeah, I was in a group coaching container and one of the the um, guest speakers that came on that I really admired, I really respected her a lot, she shared that one of the first and most powerful introductions into her um, uh it's sexuality coaching, because she's a sex coach now, one of the biggest things that was the most impactful thing for her stepping into that was when she started working as a stripper. Mm. And I was like, oh, permission. Cool. Thanks. This is something that I'd always thought about doing, but there was so much judgment of like, well, what kind of mother does that make you? What will people think? What will people say? Um, You know, you've been so successful in in the past. Is this like, what if people think that this is just like an end of the road because you don't have any other options? People think you've hit
0: rock bottom if you become a stripper. Yeah. And it
1: so was not the case for me. It was just like, I want to do something explorative. I want to do something that's going to give me great financial support Mm. and that I can do around my son that I don't like, uh, I was always said I was the worst employee ever because I'm such, I've got such an entrepreneurial mind. So like, if I don't want to be there, I'm not going to fucking go. Yeah. And with stripping, it really gave me that flexibility of like, oh, do I want to work tonight? No, I don't. I'm not going to go. Like you really – there wasn't much – Like there was no one else really relying on me. It was if I go, I make money. If I don't, I don't make money. So.
0: And what a job to considering the journey that you'd been on with your body. Yeah. From that real hatred and anger and Mm. feeling like your body had failed you to Mm. now this body's making me Mm. financial gains. Yeah. And what a beautiful vessel it is. Mm. And to the point that you were turned on, you were seducing yourself when doing this. Like what a full like circle.
1: Yeah. Well, before, so I've got a background in the PT industry. So the- the two businesses that I owned with my ex-partner. We had two gyms on the Sunshine Coast. I was bodybuilding um, mm. and coaching. I ran uh, fitness groups for mums. Um, so it was very much like like I always respected and loved my body, but it was from a sense of like, uh, mm, like what I'm physically capable of. I knew that I was always physically capable of great things, but I hadn't ever – taken the time to really love and nurture my body like up until the point where I moved to Byron I had never in my life like cooked myself three hot meals a day everything was like meal prep or noodles or takeaway like I hadn't nourished my body in that way and so like one of the most powerful things that happened that I experienced when I moved to down to Byron and just cleared my calendar was I was going to the farmer's markets five days a week and for the first time in my life I was actually
0: cooking myself three hot meals a day it's the biggest act of self-love, isn't it? So like much. being able to nurture your body yeah. and, and feed it nutrition. Like food yeah. isn't the enemy. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And it went from food being just fuel because I need to train and I need my macros, like counting my carbs and proteins and fats every day to actually I'm going to feed my body what's really nourishing and, and, and go. And intuitive
0: eating, hey? Yeah. What, what like like when I'm like? bleeding,
1: having more warm foods, when I'm more in my ovulation phase in my summer, like... Eating to what my body wants yeah. at the time, really listening to what my body wants and what my body needs.
0: What's interesting, I find if you do listen to what your body wants, those it, it will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> when I had COVID, all I craved was oranges and mm. broths. Mm. You know, I just felt terrible. but And now I've been eating oranges ever since. Like my yeah. body was saying we need some vitamin C. We need more vitamins. Yeah. Like I didn't want the chocolate that I constantly crave usually. I didn't want any of that stuff. Um, I wanted vegetables, fruits, um yeah, and that's sort of stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, like my body's sort of stayed. I still have my chocolate, and I still like my carbs. When I'm getting my period, it's pasta. Yeah, pasta, pasta, pasta. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I just don't ever get full. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, right. now you touched on the fact that you moved to Byron and just threw in there that you shaved your head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just casually, yep.
0: Just casually shaved your head. What did that? What did? Because people all joke about things like that being a Britney moment, right? Yeah, yeah. and we love Britney. We stand Britney. Britney. We should so, all
1: have Britney moments.
0: I know, <laughs> right? And with what she's been through, like as if you wouldn't say "fuck you," I'm sick of mm. you touching my hair. I'm th- sick of you telling it's me how to It's a reclamation. That's yeah. what it is. Like there's like this stigma of like oh, having a Britney moment, you,
1: you're losing your mind. No, you're fucking reclaiming yourself. Yeah. And that's really what I was doing when I shaved my head as well. It was There was a lot of things happening at the same time. So, you know, I, I had started stepping into the casting as a hobby at that yeah. time. Um, I stepped into stripping around about the same time, shaved my head around about the same time um, and initiated my breast explant surgery mm-hmm. at around about the same time. And it was this full like – fuck what the world thinks, fuck what people tell me I need to be to be worthy of love or to be successful or to be a good mother this is how I want to fucking live my life and this is what makes me feel good so I'm gonna do it
0: yeah and this is how I want to present to the world and the yeah. society tells me that this isn't feminine well fuck what feminine means anyway right yeah, like what like does that even mean
1: strip back all the layers and actually figure it out for yourself because yeah. the thing that I learned through shaving my head was that my hair had nothing to do with how beautiful I was no nothing to do with how sexy I could be like before shaving my head you know like you would use your head like oh it's like flirty and like oh, I'm gonna flick my hair when you when you don't have it there the thing that I felt was exposed mm. like so exposed like there's no hiding I can't you couldn't put like because I shaved it to a number two buzz cut just for so reference. That's, that's, that's short yeah so real yeah. short like almost bald and there's no hiding. It's like you can fully see my face. So in the moments, like it's super triggering for the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Every time I'd look in the mirror, I'd go, oh, fuck, what did you do tomorrow? Why did you do this? But it eventually grew on me and I leant into it a bit more. And it got to a point where I was like, wow, I feel sexy and beautiful, not for the way I look, but because that sexiness is actually just
0: oozing from my skin. Yeah. Yeah. We we put a lot of emphasis on our external appearance. Yeah. Um when it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean <laughs> shit. Because someone who's blind will feel mm-hmm. your energy, right? Yeah, they'll they'll your personality will shine through regardless yeah. of what you what you look like. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm. I think um, I love your head shaved. Thank you. For those listening. See, she did the hair flick. (laughs) (laughs) You did it. She's got very short hair at the moment. It's dark. It was blonde for a while. It was
1: blonde for a while.
0: Pink for a little bit in there too. And I think throwing back to um, people's perceptions of who people are based on how they look, everyone (laughs) thought you were queer. Yes. Because you had short hair. You know, God forbid someone who's not queer has (laughs) short hair. I know. So funny. Um. With your explant uh-huh. surgery, so we had Davina on here, um, mm-hmm. and she has done the same thing, mm-hmm. and um, it was really funny because she grabbed my hand and she's like, "Feel, there's nothing there now." And I think she'd had a big set of double D's as well, but yeah. she was, um, she had breast implant illness, and she really is in love with her body the way it is now. Being in that industry of stripping, did you after you had the explant surgery, did you return to yes. stripping? Yeah. How did you find that? You know, like I think, um, I know you shared a bit of your journey and the scars and the thing. How did you feel? Did, that would have been a really vulnerable moment, I assume.
1: I was excited. Were you? Yeah, I felt like a debut, like <gasps> coming out. It's like first performance, like yeah. first time I hopped up on stage. Oh, it was so amazing. Because all the girls that I worked with, I had to take about six months off. Okay. Because the scars just took a really fucking long time to heal for me. Um, and I'm. Uh, quite stubborn. And I don't like sitting still either. So I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they're all good." Cool. I'll go to the gym and then I'll like bust open a it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was meant to be like eight weeks ended up being like six, four months. and a oh half, nearly five months. And then um, I took a little bit of extra time off over the Christmas break. So I had my surgery on the 5th of September, 2021. So mm-hmm. next week it will be my one year oh. X-Plan anniversary, which is We should so have a exciting. party. We
0: should do yes. something. I say yes. we, cause I want to come.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should do something. Yeah, yeah, it only dawned on me like a couple of, like a week ago. I was like, wow, one year, fuck it's gone so fast. Have
0: you done a casting of your boobs before and
1: after? I did before, have yep. not done after okay. yet. Yep. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. Um yeah, anyway, so when I returned, all the girls had known, you know, I had my implants taken out and they knew that this was my first night coming back. So when I got on stage, like all the girls were cheering for me and like Aww. it was just so nice. Oh, it was that's really amazing. Great.
0: Yeah. And how's your – look, I mean this question, how's your relationship with your body now, I'm going to assume is perfectly fine based off everything that you've said and that you had reached a point prior to that where you knew that you didn't need breast implants to be, yeah, know, well, to reach a – yeah. a certain level of what society mm-hmm. feels a woman should look like
1: well working in the strip club i think was the final piece of like okay it's it's okay to do this mm-hmm. because i would look around and i would see all these different women mm-hmm. different sizes different heights different hairstyle different hair color different like some girls would be wearing like pixie ears and other girls would be wearing like goth rings in their nose, like every kind of different style that you could think of, every different size breast, every different size butt, every different size belly, every different size thigh that you could think of. That's a
0: misconception I think about strip clubs because if you watch movies, right, where the guys meet up at a strip club and – it's very uh, – like, there's very much one look. Yeah. One look. Um, and, I mean, I found the same thing when I worked at a strip club is that the, the bodies are so diverse mm-hmm. and you've got mothers, you've got university students, mm-hmm. you've got people who – were so business-minded about it and people just assumed it was all drug addicts and, (laughs) you know, and there were, don't get me wrong, there were people who were there to support um, a habit and I hope now that there's more support in in the environment than there was then. Um, But, no, there was all all different body shapes and body sizes and I think we as women compare ourselves to what's shown around us which is created by men. Yeah and what men believe is the ideal. Yeah. Um and which I mean it's not clearly mm-hmm. because in a strip club yeah there's so many varying types of bodies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I love that there's now so much more diversity in everything that you see like in mm-hmm. in the media in fashion shows in magazines there's so much more representation in diversity to show people that like you're worthy of being um you know, a model or whether you're worthy of being a, you know, whatever it is, regardless of whether you fit this one very specific body type. And so that's what I saw when I, when I first started working in the strip club. Like mm. I would look around at these gorgeous women and the women that absolutely captivated the audience when they were on stage and if you had have asked me afterwards, like, did they have large breasts or small breasts, I wouldn't be able to wouldn't tell be you. It wouldn't be It wouldn't have made a difference. It didn't have any kind of deciding factor yeah. in what made them really,
0: like, It's energy, isn't attractive. it? It's like, yeah, yeah. as you yeah. said, it's like a seduction thing. And that yeah. has nothing to do with how someone looks all no, the time. No. Um, I'd been out for dinner with girlfriends and we were at White Rhino and it was just so loud. And I just, I'm at a stage in my life now where I want to talk when I go out. Like, I yeah. want to talk and catch up and yeah. I can't stand loud noise. I get very overwhelmed. Um, So we went to um, a strip club nearby Uh just to sit down in the air con and be able to chat and, you know, see beautiful women. And there were women coming out in these gorgeous lingerie sets, but they weren't feeling it. They didn't want to be there that day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it made me sad Mm -hmm. because I was just looking at them and I'm like, you don't want to be here. Go home. Don't be here then. Mm -hmm. And then this one woman came out and she was in, um, it was like a Bond's crop top. bonds (laughs) bonds <laughs> briefs um it was a bit faded it was a bit and she walked out and I was just like immediately captivated no makeup no nothing she put mm-hmm. on the best show she was so athletic mm-hmm. um and people just throwing money at her yeah just throwing money and I was like because you make me feel like I'm having a good time because you want to be here and, yeah um that's yeah it. I, I guess that's she what,
1: knows her worth
0: she knows that she knew her worth 100 yeah. percent. whereas the, the girl before her I'd actually said to my friend I just want to go and wrap her in a worthy shirt um and and take her get her to come to sit down with us because yeah. she doesn't want to be up there and it's making me uncomfortable yeah and I don't want her to be up there yeah um yeah and so yeah she didn't she did not know her worth that night maybe she does other nights maybe mm-hmm. she had to be there for financial reasons whatever the case yeah was but yeah. um yeah 100% energy is everything yeah totally <laughs> um so we're going to go to listener questions now yay now <laughs> yay. <laughs> Listen, to questions of fun. Now this one doesn't really apply. Let's let's pretend you're still stripping. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, I guess you could answer it for people who are listening who are in the sex um, worker industry, mm-hmm. whether that's escorting, stripping, maybe this will help them if they've got a young child sure. in the future. Yep. What would you have told your child about the work that you do when they're older if they asked and you were still stripping? Oh, I'm so open with my
1: son about it all. Like uh, he doesn't know, he doesn't have the reference of what a strip club is Mm -hmm. and because of his age, he's four and a half at the moment. I'm not going to explain it to him for obvious reasons. However, like I would show him my shoes and when I would be, you know, dropping him off at his dad's house on the way to going to work, he would see my shoes and my bag in the back of the car and he would know, mummy's going dancing tonight. Yeah, Like there was conversation about it. And when when he's older, I hope that I have raised him to be so open-minded that there's not going to be preconceived judgment. Like, yeah, you might find it uncomfortable Mm -hmm. if like, you know, his friends find out or whatever.
0: But that's, but that's more to do with the fact, mum's naked. I don't want people yeah, thinking of my mum exactly. naked. Exactly. <laughs> but
1: like the stigma and shame around it, like, I'm going to be super open and honest yeah. with him and answer any questions that he has because that's how we continue to break these stigmas around things. Like, I, yes, I was a mother son like let's say in 10 years time like yes I was your mother and you were young and I was also a woman in my mid-20s that was beautiful and sexy and wanted to go make money so that's we, what I decided to do our worth isn't based upon
0: just being mothers no either. like there's we're women also fucking humans. we're humans and we're sexual beings and yes. we're allowed to have friendships and relationships and yes. a life outside of motherhood yes yes. um and I think with what you're saying that you are raising the next generation of men to help break this patriarchal bullshit yeah. because it the patriarchy affects men too mm-hmm. in a really negative way. Yeah. So when we're fighting for change, we're fighting for we're fighting for you too, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you think we're against you? We're not. Join us on this because yeah. it's, not, it's not beneficial to you either. Mm-hmm. Um, it places men on uh, g- gives men expectations of what they're supposed to do yeah. in their life as yeah. well, and I think having a son who is open to vulvas like you've um Tamara's got a video on mm-hmm. her Instagram is it on your Instagram or the um uh, both it's both. like collabed between okay. the both yeah um uh okay so on Tamara Northam yeah um and it's a video of asking your son what a vulva is yeah yeah and it's really really beautiful and I watched it about a, a, a thousand times and um <laughs> I shared it on journey to worthy official because it's mm it's really beautiful to talk about these things mm. with children and to understand anatomy because it's just anatomy. Yeah. Um, so there's, like, we don't have shame in our house saying penis, testicles. Yeah. Um, we make jokes too, you yeah. know, but vulva and vagina are two different things and it's funny because someone pulled me up on a post I made um, where I was talking about vaginas and how we pee out of them and someone's like, you don't actually <laughs> pee out of your vagina. I'm like, touche, I know, I am aware, and we don't pee out of our, you know, you know what I meant but you're right. <laughs> Yeah. um but for him to know that yeah the reason that i feel it's so important is i once read an article where a child had uh, was testifying in court or speaking in court. Yeah. And because they said PP, mm-hmm. they didn't say the actual anatomy. Yeah. Um, they couldn't use it Yeah. because they need to know the actual words. Yeah. And so I've brought up Kalani saying this is your vagina and if anything ever hurts there, you need to use that word. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But when it comes to um, going to the doctors or talking yeah. about anything that's happening to it, you need to use vagina or vulva yeah. or labia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Just like like you're saying, just to be able to communicate about their own body, like that should be a basic thing that we all are taught as small children to be able to communicate about our own body. Like imagine if you didn't know the words, the real words to your face, for example, yeah. and you're trying to say to someone, hey, like I've got a bump on my chin, but you know, the word that you use for chin is choo-choo. Like I've got a bump on my choo-choo. People are like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Like it, it's a basic thing. You're taught the anatomy of your face. Why are you not taught the anatomy of your genitals? Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't make fucking sense. I'm just going <laughs> to let that land because that is so true. Mm. This is an elbow yeah. That's not a pee pee. Yeah. It's not yeah. a little willy will. No. You know, like the, it's yeah. a fucking penis, man. Yeah. We call with our local shops is called the Pines and we call yeah. it the penis. <laughs> when Kalani was younger, she, she thought it was called the penis. Yeah. So she was like, Are we going to the penis? And I'm like, It's the Pines, but now she's ten and we still call it the penis. That's and people over here and it's like, Oh my god. That's so great. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's amazing. We call a nose a schnuffer, so maybe I've got some work to do. <laughs> If they still know, like, the yeah, She does, know. Name. Yeah, she does know. It's like, still a no. But it'd be
1: different if you're like, we don't use the word no. We call yeah. it a sh- – we don't use nose. It's we say up. Like, how
0: weird. <laughs> when and, were we taught that? <laughs> and also um, teaching uh-huh. boys, like, you can, you know, you can learn about your penis and your testicles, but no, don't talk about a woman's vagina. Yeah. Um, and even – It's like men's business and women's business. It's not. Oof. Guess
1: what? My son's probably going to grow up one day and potentially – have a wife yep. or potentially have a daughter yeah I want him to be able to support her as well in the things that she's going with so yeah. going through so I you know I'm very open with him about my bleed he knows like that it's a softer time for me and mm-hmm. that we're more gentle with each other and we take baths Aww. and like it's really nice so what it also is enabling him to do to support the women better in his life as he grows up, because he's got a little sister as well. So he's on his yeah. dad's side, he's okay. got a little sister. So when it's time for her to bleed, he's like, they can be open about that. And he can be a really great support person for her through that. Yeah. Um And also like the fact that I'm open with him about the stripping and about everything, I know that there's never going to be anything that he could do or say or want or be into
0: that he would feel shame around coming and telling me. And also having that respect for women. That um, I think even having a mum that's worked in that industry is like these are people, not just objects. And even though men are, you know, taught to treat women as just – Means to an end for them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. They can sexualize us, but if we sexualize ourselves, then we're sluts or hoes or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. You're, you know, our, our job is to not necessarily raise children, but raise adults, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're raising this adult. Yeah. Who I just want to duplicate <laughs> because you're the, you are such a beautiful mum. Oh, you are such you. a beautiful mum. And that video that you shared with him mm-hmm. talking about vulva, the um, vulvas was just mm-hmm. beautiful. I want. I'm gonna. I might share it again. I might share it okay. in the um so unladylike, um. Uh, stories because it's so beautiful i think everyone should watch Thank
1: it. Thank you. Anyway.
0: Um now <laughs> if you had a daughter would you want her to work as a stripper or in the sex work industry?
1: If she wants to, fuck yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. I think that that is answer in enough. Yeah. Um do you find dating difficult whilst uh, in that world? No. Okay. No. Expand. So
1: <laughs> um at the start, so when I first stepped into stripping, I also committed to six months of celibacy for myself. Wow. So I kind of like, it wasn't even on the radar for me the first six months anyway.
0: Um, so now I want to, to talk that. about that. That's mm-hmm. I've got to pin that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so for the first six months wasn't even an issue. After that, what I found was there was a lot of my own stories that I had mm-hmm. to work through of, you know, a, a king isn't going to want you if you're stripping or the quality the kind of quality man that you want is not going to be okay with you working in this industry or is not going to want to share you etc blah 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 and they were all just that all mm-hmm. just stories because i have met and dated beautiful men that have known that i've been working in that industry and it because for me it's not like i'm not it's i was in it because of my own pleasure mm. it brought me pleasure it brought me f- joy I enjoyed doing it yeah and it was also a way that I was supporting myself it's financial
0: independence yeah
1: yeah so you know I'm, I'm gonna support myself and I'm also not gonna allow a male to tell me what I can and can't do to
0: and that comes down to, to your self-worth right yeah so what you'll tolerate in a relationship you probably know very early on if they were yeah. the right fit yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, um, And it just requires a level of transparency as well. So, you know, yeah. as soon as I would go on a date with someone, it would be one of the first things that I would discuss. Like, and they're rea- no hiding it.
0: With their reaction, like, you'd be able to gauge pretty yeah, quick, Yeah, straight hey?
1: up. Be able to gauge, like, okay, this is going to be problematic. And then I would choose to either remove myself or, you know, give them space to share what their stories are. Often, so what I had um, experienced was that the the men that I was attracting into my life, they either had never even – dated a stripper before mm-hmm. or they had and they had a really bad experience so it would just require super vulnerable open conversation yeah um yeah but I didn't really I, good yeah I'm glad you haven't had difficulty but hang on I think that's and also because because <laughs> my projection was like yeah this is what I want this is a part of my life this is actually a part of who I am and so if someone's going to have a problem with that then they don't they don't fit in my world. They don't yeah. fit in my
0: life. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, celibacy. Yeah. Now, is that just penetri- penetrative? Is that just dick in hole? <laughs> <laughs> is that just um sex or with self-pleasure off the table too? No. So I'm still self-pleasuring. All right. We're okay then. That's yeah. good. I don't yeah. know if I could do six months. <laughs> no. no I think as <laughs> as females,
1: like, it's we are receptors. So we, we like, Oh, I'm sure people have their reasons, but I can't fathom a reason for like for what purpose would I choose to stop having orgasms? Pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so relaxing,
0: yeah, and releasing, Great it crap your health. Feels great, good for <laughs> menstrual cramps. Yep. Um, good for de-stressing. Yep. Um, we were also talking about um, I'm 42. Mm-hmm. As we move into menopause, women's vagina um, and vulva, skin becomes thinner, okay. more fragile, yep. more prone to cuts and things during sex. And masturbation brings more blood and moisture to the area, which great. is actually really good for the vulva and the vagina. So, so great. See?
1: Great for your health. It's so it good Masturbate daily. And you glow nice after. It's <laughs> good too. for your skin. You too. Yeah, yeah, mine was the, the intention with that was because I was noticing a pattern coming up in my life of like okay i finished dating someone who's next yeah and i just wanted to really just bring that focus inward create that pleasure and arousal and um erotic connection with my own body
0: yeah yeah Yeah. love that yeah now what is the creepiest request you've ever had at a strip club um what do you mean there were no creeps come on they're actually
1: all pretty tame, to be honest.
0: I no that's good I shouldn't I'm like oh <laughs> that's <laughs> really, really good disappoint. that's actually really good yeah
1: I like we did get elicited for prostitution quite yeah. a lot like that was not uncommon to have a guy say hey will you come back to my place I'll pay you xyz so you just have to be really firm with the boundaries around mm. like this is my workplace you respect me in this workplace and I'm here to do this I'm not you know I'm not here because I offer other services. If that's what you
0: want, go to a brothel. That's yeah. Fine. There's uh, there's literally places for that. Yes,
1: yes. So I would just have real firm boundaries around that. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I'm pretty ruthless around like what I expect, mm. and because of that. I only ever really had pretty
0: respectful conversations with. Well, people. I mean, that's not disappointing, but also, yeah, <laughs> for content Sorry reasons, to not given you juice. But no, no, that's good. That's good. You gave us plenty of juice, and you saw so on Lady moment when yeah. you thought it was juice and it wasn't. <laughs> um, because you had your your stripper profile. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a separate Instagram strippergram. for strippergram. Yep. I find that those um requests, those crazy different requests tend to when people can hide behind something mm-hmm. did you get any uh, online maybe via dm did you get a shit video request no what are you doing no. wrong why <laughs> no
1: I didn't
0: no good for you no, that's good. Um, that actually does make me happy because that means that yeah you're being respected and yeah um and online being respected yeah yeah do you know I I met someone get like sugar
1: daddy messages all the time I'm Mm. like
0: yeah just deposit here please I met someone (laughs) just deposit I'll I'll talk to you later (laughs) Uh, I met someone the other week Mm -hmm. who is in a relationship with someone who she met through him sending her a dick pic that's hilarious and I was like wait what how does that work? How does that work? How did you like? How aren't we turned off dick, by this yeah. unsolicited dick pics? Do we not? We find yeah. this not okay? Mm. Now you're together. All right, each to their own. I say. Interesting. Meanwhile, I'm raving a red flag. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> what are you doing, girl? <laughs> um, Consent and boundaries. Important. Yes. Yeah. He's it, literally the relationship has started with a boundary overstep yeah like you're sending a dick to someone without even asking if they'd like it first that's yeah yeah that's a consent thing
1: yeah I'm not yeah. okay with that flag flag red
0: red <laughs> um have you when you've been casting vulvas yes ever had anyone experience pleasure during their casting yes yeah, yeah. oh I want to hear more about yeah it. so vulva casting is such a beautiful
1: experience it's um I was speaking about this on a podcast that I did recently and it was the first time I've ever really gone into depth of what the vulva casting experience is like in comparison to breast casting or any other part of the body. So any other part of the body, like if it's your boobs or your butt or whatever, it's a really fun um, energy that's in the studio. You know, I get my big pussy energy playlist out yeah, and it's like, you know, we're listening to Pussycat Dolls and Nicki Minaj and like all the badass bitches and just having a fun time, having a laugh, having a chat cast is very different so through the vulver cast experience it's really a ritual okay um, because it's such a delicate sensitive part of the body mm-hmm. that does hold like it's such a powerful energetic portal as well like we birth life through yeah. our through our womb and through our through our vagina mm. and when we have trauma um our body soaks that in our cervix. Like if you've ever heard of dearmoring, it's mm-hmm. actually a thing that your cervix holds trauma and will get tighter and tenser. Um, the more trauma that you have. So there's a practice called, uh, cervical dearmoring where you like literally are just massaging the walls of your upper vagina and mm-hmm. your cervix to soften the muscle and to let it relax. off uh, post trauma. Yeah. And, um, so I knew I knew that there was a lot of trauma that women held in their in their vulvas and in their and vaginas. it might not be the
0: fun experience that other parts of the body might be. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it's also a part of the body that like not a lot of people have had uh had someone directly look at mm. or had someone touch other than their doctor or their partner. So I hold that with such high reverence. Yeah, and so the space that I create is a space that like you can. Like anything that you feel right now is so welcome. It's, I have women ball their eyes out mm-hmm. on the table because I start with like a nice uh, – it's just touch, just to yeah. get their body used to I'm touching my you. touch yeah. because I didn't want it to be this clinical like you walk in like when you're going to the gyno when you're getting a pap mm. smear. You walk in, you get on the table, blanket down, yep, cool. You're not looking at the doctor and she's talking to you, distracting, to you, distracting you while she inserts the it's very speculum. It's very uncomfortable. And your whole body, like even if you're open and comfortable with that, you still like – there's so much contraction in your body yeah. and I really was so committed to making sure that when a woman came in and got a cast of her vulva that the energy that was going to be put into that vulva cast was going to be open and soft yeah. and love and um yeah just receptivity so you know I've had women cry on the table I've had women feel in their pleasure because there's also I've got to lubricate the area yeah. for the materials. So. Instead of just you know whacking on some lube and rubbing like getting it in. an ultrasound, yep. yeah, yeah, it's be a
0: bit cold squirt. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like I get some really nice um, massage oil, and I'll like massage her inner thighs, and then massage the outer labia, and then up on her womb. And so in that, if she's feeling pleasure, I make sure that she knows beforehand. Like that is also so welcome. If you really? want to cry, you're welcome too. See,
0: I'd be, I'd, I'd be worried about that Mm -hmm. I'd be worried about what if I feel like I'm going to have an orgasm what if I feel like this is really pleasurable Mm -hmm. um that to me would be something that would put me off wanting to get it done right um so what you're saying is that is perfectly welcome. Yeah. And there's no shame in yeah. whatever you're feeling yeah. during the practice. Exactly.
1: Like it's not it's there's not for no, that, by it's the not way. Not for that. No. Like <laughs> it's there's not a no, happy ending. No, there's no like literal stimulation yes. or anything like that. It's purely for the purpose of softening your body into receiving my touch and for us to connect so that you can really feel safe in the space. That's yeah. the purpose of it. And whatever comes through that is welcome yeah. because you know, as as sisters in the space my intention is for you to just feel so fucking loved, so fucking held, so, um,
0: like, all of you is welcome. Well, imagine feeling that safe that you can feel pleasure from something mm. like that. Like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You're amazing. I love you so much. <laughs> love you. <ya>. Anyway, <laughs> on to the next question. Um, have you ever had the silicon bits stick to women's bits? <laughs> uh, so,
1: for, so I use silicon for the breasts and every other part of the body. But for the genitals, we use alginate, which is um, a material that dentists use to make moulds of your mouth. So it's completely body safe and it sets like quite firm. So no, in short, haven't ever had anything stick. Do women's um,
0: vaginas and labia have to be shaved?
1: Uh, They don't have to. The casts do come out more detailed when they are, but I have cast women that have kept landing strips, a bit of bush up the top. Yeah. Um, it's completely down to preference, but because of the way that the, you know, if we're taking a direct mold, the more skin surface there is, the more detailed the mold is going to be. Otherwise when we pull it off and it's got hair, it's kind of just going to pull at the mold a little bit. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So just hide. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Well, I love everything about you. You're just a <laughs> worthiness queen. I'm obsessed with you. Aww, um, and you. I want to book in. I want to get my vulva for done. Yay! Yeah. Yes, we talked about it. this with Robbie and Katie last week and um, I was like, I'm going to get it done. I'm yeah. going to get it done. Aww. And I think if, with your nonna. permission, I'll film it. And yep. you know, obviously censored, mm-hmm. but share it with um, this audience as well about the so kind beautiful. of experience it'll be. Yes. And then Katie was like, I'm getting mine done too. And we said, <laughs> who? And it was you, Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah which is um, amazing. So um, I would love to off air, book that in with you and um, yeah. organise that and I'll let you guys all know <laughs> what, what that was like and we'll, um, we'll, we'll share. Uh-huh. And um, I won't freak out, I promise. I'll, nice. I'll be nice and relaxed. Yeah. Um, I will shave for you. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. Thank you and, for having um, me. This has been so fun. Thank <laughs> Thanks, babe. Guys, it's time for Nessa's Burn Book. Nessa's Burn Book. This week's entry is one of our own. It's a woman. It's my old mate Kimmy. Kimmy, look at me. Kim Kardashian is very well known for photoshopping her images, sometimes to the point of looking like a completely different person, which I hate it for her. I hate it for anyone. I hate that she has to completely change her appearance online for it to feel worthy of a post. I also hate that these altered images are used to sell products. It's disingenuous and ethically and morally shit in my opinion. Uh, This month, old Kimmy was selling beats by uh, by Dre and has taken her Photoshop to a whole new level. An eagle-eyed TikToker, Caroline in the city, noticed Kim's Photoshop fail. Kimmy is looking glam in the pool, sipping a cocktail, wearing her Beats by Dre, and a part of her body is missing. Her traps are gone. These guys right here. I hold a lot of tension in mine, so mine are, mine are good, mine are big. Um, they're raised, poof, gone. What the fuck? Like what the fuck? What? We need this muscle. It, it holds our neck up. Like, Why are we removing these things? There's a video online um And you can see her trap in the video and then the photo, it's gone. And again, I hate that anyone feels like they aren't worthy of being seen unless they're completely edited. So I do hate that for Kim. And with a massive influence, arguably the biggest influence on females in the world, um, I I, I don't like this new trend of removing essential muscles and uh, limbs and items of our body that are needed. So our Kimmy is going into the burn book for creating and contributing to another insecurity for women an actual muscle on our body there's a new body fashion guys traps are out so yuck no thank you into the burn book you go guys keep your messages feedback and questions coming through send it to me over at journey to worthy official on instagram or at so unladylike pod and i'll see you next week same place same time bye bitches If you loved this episode, please be sure to subscribe, follow and rate us five stars. Join us on Instagram at So Unladylike Pod and Journey to Worthy Official and keep sending in your questions, confessions and opinions. You guys are so unladylike and we are here for it. See you next week, bitches.